0: The following is a Papi Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Papi Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies.
1: Is everybody ready for the final run? All set. Let's do this. Countdown to the very final. Central City Citizen in three two one
2: Welcome to the final episode of the Central City Citizen, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, May 25th, 2023, and I am your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. For one last time, please welcome my co-host, Dimitri Rejasinger. What's good, Central City? And Jeffrey Ruse. Hey, Central City. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 9, Episode 13, which was titled A New World, Part 4, and aired May 24th, 2023. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. For Barry Allen, it's the greatest challenge he and Team Flash, as well as friends old and new, will ever face as they come together to save not just Central City, but everything, one last time. Didn't give away a lot, but you wouldn't want them to give away too much before the last episode. And that episode begins with voiceover. Voiceover is Barry Talking about uh, in a way that uh, seems vaguely reminiscent of something we've heard before. Uh, meanwhile, Team Flash in 2023 is being filled in by Cecile that Eddie Thon is the new avatar of the Negative Speed Force uh, and that the Negative Speed Force has been attacking over the past three episodes to charge itself up for a final confrontation. Barry contacts them on comms as he's back in the present somehow, even though at the end of last episode he was trapped in the future, but hey. I guess he got better. He's on his way to the hospital and tells him the battle has already begun. Existence itself is in danger. Uh, so I mentioned the idea that uh, we had a bit of a callback to that first episode of the first season, really, with Barry doing a Do You Believe in the Impossible voiceover. Uh, Dimitri, you weren't here uh, uh, last time to talk about the last episode, but given where things stood at the end of the last episode, Barry was stuck in the future. Uh, Eddie was uh, you know, going to go claim his destiny. How would you like how the episode got going? It was a
0: nice kind of full circle moment. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves there, but I was hoping he was going to exactly match the, you know, the voiceover at the start of episode one when he started talking to Nora, but we can get to that later. Um, overall, it did seem like a way to, you know, book on, bookend the series, you know. starts with a voiceover. Barry's like, do you believe in the impossible, you know, um, I feel like uh, voiceovers for superhero uh, films, TV shows, are, are like a tried and true way to to sort of get the audience on your side early, so I was fine with it.
1: I could yeah, be I'm wrong, but I think that was the exact voiceover from the first episode. Grant Gustin sounded much younger than he does now.
2: Uh, no, because I did read something where he was talking about recording it. Oh, Okay. Uh, We get a montage with Zoom and Godspeed being drawn in from wherever they were after their deaths in previous season uh, to the negative speed force manifestation of the West House. They have no idea why they're there. Reverse Flash is also there. Eobard Thawne with Harrison Wells' face. And he tells them they're in the negative speed force. Savitar also shows up. Then Eddie explains that he's the one who brought them there. He points out that they all died in their attempts to defeat the Flash. None of them were powerful enough or fast enough to pull it off. But together, combined, they can do it. Eddie then accepts and embraces the blue crystal and becomes cobalt blue and offers the others enough speed to kill the Flash. So, all our baddies are here, and it looks like it's once again going to be a speedster fest. Jeff, how'd you like the reintroduction of these various nemesis from seasons gone by? I enjoyed it, actually. It was nice to see them. Like, I, I didn't mind it
1: just because it's the series finale, so if it's going to be speedster palooza, might as well pluck them out Right before they die, you know, pluck them out of time, I should say. Right before they die, and bring them all together. I believe this is the scene in which Grant Gustin has famously said in interviews that he had caught COVID and he was going to do a scene with Teddy Sears as Zoom. I think we were going to see the the. Um, fragment berry the sort of like demented looking berry that becomes sabatar i think we were going to see him in his human form in this scene but because uh, you know he caught covid and he couldn't do the scene uh, they did the whole cgi sabatar at that moment
2: oh an interesting idea yeah
1: because that's the only thing that made sense uh, as far as a Barry Allen character with Teddy Sears um, outside of, like, the big uh, group fight. And, and I don't even think Teddy Sears was that there for that, you know what I'm saying, because he had the the mask on and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, he also did a
2: voiceover at the end. Maybe it was the end one that he recorded. Oh, could very well have been worth listening to. I would be surprised, though. I would think that, you know, the whole point of it would be to... You know, use the same one at the beginning and the end, but just the realization, which we're not going to talk about because yes. we're not Dimitri, uh, about uh, <laughs> what he was actually doing. At the hospital, Barry returns, and Iris is happy to see him. Go figure. But she hasn't given birth just yet, so she Wait, still has time. Are you saying go figure that she was happy to see him? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's sort of an obvious thing, right?
1: Okay, yes. yes, see yes. Him.
2: Go figure. And we continue. Barry starts to tell her about Eddie, but he's interrupted when Eddie shows up with flowers and introduces himself as Cobalt Blue. Uh, Obviously, as we expected after last episode, he wants to kill Barry so he can have a timeline where he's the hero and have the life that he feels was taken from him. But Iris and Barry know that isn't what the negative speed force is up to. It's merely using Eddie. Iris tells Barry to run, Barry, run. Barry and Eddie race off and they joust and fight. Eddie manages to get the upper hand and nearly kills Barry before Nora shows up with the rest of Team Flash to fight as well. But Eddie summons his own help, his legion of Zoom. What did you think, Dimitri, of the hospital scene with uh, with Barry and Iris, and then Cobalt Blue showing up and the start of the fight? We're going to get into more of the fight as we go along because that was a big part of the episode.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it was a little strange. I guess it seemed like uh, you know, uh, Cobalt Blue was going to attack Iris. Um, you know, he did say. Uh, you know, the last time he met Iris, that, oh, you know, you're going to regret this, you and everybody you love. Um, so I was expecting him to try and attack Iris or, you know, somehow induce some miscarriage or something. Um, and it did seem that, like, despite the fact that he'd clearly gotten the jump on those two, he meant them no harm, which was interesting given, you know, he had already assembled this army to uh attack barry so it seemed a little contrived um it seemed like the whole scene was there just so iris could say run barry run one last time uh but you know it's the finale we'll give him that
2: i honestly thought when she said i've got three words barry i thought she was gonna say kick his ass i honestly was not (laughs) thinking run barry run um but i liked it i thought rick cosnet played uh the the character very well showing up with roses you know sort of looking around for a place to put them in water and, and putting them in the drinking water because he couldn't find anything else and then playing with the stuffed animal um sort of playing you know uh you know a, a slightly unhinged version of eddie not full evil uh but uh just uh yeah he felt if anything more menacing to me than you know uh, in last episode when we saw him you know uh sort of you know screaming and chewing up the scenery a bit more so so i like his air of quiet menace i think because it showed a sense of confidence on his part, that, you know, he he knew he, he had all the pieces in place uh, and he was confident enough to sort of show up and, you know, uh, wish her well before he kills her husband. <laughs> um, so, Barry calls for Delta maneuvers and Team Flash faces off with the Legion of Zoom. Everyone goes racing off to deal with their evil speedsters individually. So, let's deal with the first half. Savitar captures and stabs Nora, but it doesn't work because she's able to take his dagger and stab him instead by presumably vibrating at the same uh speed, which by the way, I'd always wondered that too when, when other people when other were threatening Barry with that. I'd always thought, well, why don't you just shake you know, just vibrate at the same, you know, vibrational pattern. Eh, maybe it's harder than I think. Anyway, virtue faces off with Godspeed. How does Cecile have her super soup from the future? Who cares? It's the last episode. Uh, she defeats him with her nebulously defined powers. Reverse Flash confronts Chester at Star Labs and seems to kill him by, em- by doing an Emperor Palpatine. Allegra shows up and takes Thawne down. Just when things look grimaced for Chester, he wakes up. So far, Team Flash is doing pretty well, three for three. Uh, Jeff, how did you like how this first series of fights went? Where's my shotgun? That, That's another... And were you surprised oh, yes. that, you know, that, uh, you know, because, you know, it, it seemed like, you know, Team Flash was doing really well for itself.
1: Yes. Uh, but as I was saying, where's my shotgun? Those are another three words that uh, Iris could have said. Ah, good point. Yeah. Okay. This fight, I thought, was really well done visually. I mean, I can kind of nitpick about who paired up with whom, and I will in a moment. But before I, I sort of start talking about that, there is a moment in this fight that I absolutely loved, And it's when Barry gets tossed onto those three cars and they explode. That that was was spectacular. Like, if they saved up a whole bunch of money for just that, then kudos to them because it was worth it 100%. That was probably one of the best uh, stunt pieces that's not like a fight, just like a visual effects splendor type of scene or moment. I would say one of the best ones that I've seen in the series. It was just visually impressive for a television budget. I also did kind of enjoy the lightning swords, lightning sabers, lightsabers that we would saw. Like, that was kind of neat for me. Like, we had seen them before, but they were, like, ginormous now. I guess some of them are kind of compensating for stuff. I don't know. Uh, But it was still visually interesting to look at. As far as how... Things split off. Okay, if we think about it logically from, you know, there is a big bad and the big bad has minions. If you think about it that way, then it kind of sort of ish, if you don't really think about it, makes sense. Because at the end of the day, Barry has to fight Cobalt Blue. That is the the big villain of the episode. So, of course, Barry is going to fight him versus reverse Flash, because I'll be honest, when reverse Flash just showed up out of nowhere and was like, I'm going to kill you, like, I was like, what, like, shouldn't you be after Barry, but anyway, um, Cecile, having the costume that looked spectacular, I don't know how she did it, but the costume did still look spectacular in the future and in the present, um, listen, I'm going to say a word that y'all hated last season, so I'm just preparing you for it, if, in case you get triggered, they all leveled up. Big time in this episode. Like, everybody was at max level. They were all fighting the good fight the best way they could. What did Cecile do? I don't really know, but I was fine with it because she had a little catchphrase at the end. How did Godspeed know that her name was Virtue?
2: I guess she's a big deal in the the future because he is from the future. Yeah, that's my headcanon is that because he's from the future, he would know about her identity. And also the argument could be made that the reason why she's wearing the costume is so that he would recognize her. From her future oh self. yeah, look at me. I got my costume now.
1: That works. Uh okay, who else did you ask? Nora. The Nora situation, I mean, what a grisly callback to the Savitar season. I mean it was it was gnarly and intense. Uh, But she was very shway about it, which worked for me. I love that she just chopped off his little claw and stabbed him with it. It was spectacular. And if you think about it, she's actually stabbing a a time-displaced fragment of her father, which, I mean, there's a whole... There's like a psychological breakdown of that that you could probably get into in your own mind. And... Chester and Allegra getting the longest kiss in uh, Arrowverse history, I feel. That was really interesting. I guess it was like a, I don't know, what the, like an action hero movie moment, I guess. Um, I don't know. Her leveling up was really good, though. I'll give them props for that. I mean, they saved the budget for her, too, because she, she in essence, destroyed all of Star Labs. Uh, the amount of damage that the city got in this episode, I was like, good grief, who's paying
2: for this? Zoom is confronted by the CCPD, but Chillblain and Keon show up. Chillblain, I guess, just as I candy because he doesn't do diddly squat. Right. Uh, Keone catches Zoom's lightning, absorbs it, and fires it back at him because, why not, last episode. At Jitters, Eddie tries to take hostages, but Jay Garrick shows up to, uh, to aid Barry, stealing Eddie's speed, a trick he learned from his Earth-90 doppelganger because, sure, last episode, who cares? Uh, Eddie then calls on speed from the other fallen speedsters to repower himself, conveniently taking them off the board, and he disappears. Jay says that Eddie's going to the source of his speed, where he will overload and kill himself, just like Thawne did, so problem solved. I guess the final episode looks like it's going to wrap up pretty quickly uh, as uh, Thon goes off to kill himself. Uh, Dimitri, what do you think about these two fights, the sort of deus maxina, um, sorry, I mispronounced that, deus ex machina, uh, a version of, of the way both fights ended?
0: It was great to see Jay come back. Um, It it felt like a little bit of a letdown that Cobalt Blue kills all his minions because, you know, it did seem like, while we have seen them all defeated, like, you know, maybe there's a way they could sort of, you know, come back for one last big battle or what have you. Um, But... I guess they did kind of want to end the the whole series with more talk no jitsu to kind of emphasize what a good guy Barry is. So you know it was it was uh interesting. Um I almost wish uh Barry had, you know, fought Cobalt Blue at the end because seemingly with him absorbing, you know, the powers of all his minions. He would be, you know, worlds faster than Barry, and, you know, Barry would have to find some other way to, uh, to take him down. Um, but uh, I wish there was more of a payoff for him devouring all his minions.
2: Instead of just letting Eddie die and the whole cycle restarting with another avatar, Barry wants to save Eddie. Keown says she can get Barry into the negative speed force, but tells Barry he has to change Eddie's perspective to have any chance. Barry says he doesn't know how to make a better world, but she tells him that nature is about coexistence. Barry doesn't seem to be buying it. Bikion, tells him to believe in the impossible. Hmm, where have we heard that before? Barry goes into the negative speed force and tells Eddie the connection to the speed force will kill him. Eddie doesn't believe him because, again, the negative speed force brought him back. Seems a pretty good deal to him. They fight, but Barry refuses to fight back. Eddie starts becoming the reverse flash due to the hatred and the influence of the negative speed force. But Barry tells Eddie that he has to to remain the avatar of the negative speed force, but fight the hate. They have to work together to create a better world. Eddie reminds us, as the viewers, that he was a hero all along because he tears the crystal out of his chest and smashes it. Eddie says they won't always see eye to eye, but to tell Iris that he's happy for her. I'm kicking myself for not saying this last episode because I wondered all along if the resolution was going to be that Eddie would reject the negative speed force and just use the power... But I thought that if something like that was going to happen, it would have happened last episode. So I didn't say it. I missed out on what would have been a fantastic prediction. But, Jeff, Flash's series finale battle is talk no jitsu. I think we all assumed that was going to be the case, right? We didn't think that you know Barry was going to win everything just by running faster than the other guy this one last time. Yes, Brittany would be proud. Shout out to Brittany.
1: I... Found this version of Taknojutsu to be a bit underwhelming just because it happened so fast uh, faster than I am in trying to express myself in this. It just really did like it was like I am going to murder you, I have made you you know shoot blood. Onto the wall, and I have broken the table, and, oh, you want us to coexist? Okay, we could do that. We're not always going to agree, but we'll shake hands, and we'll talk about it. At the time, we will not agree. Like, it just, it, it, was, it was way too fast for me. It was way too fast. Like, way too fast. How is he beating the shit out of you? I'm not going to fight you. And now we're at peace. Like it just—it was way too fast. Like I needed that conversation to just be a hair longer. If this was going to be the final talk no jitsu, this has to be the talkiest talk no jitsu that ever did talk no jits and sue. Like it needed to be powerful. And for me, it was just—it was a bit unbelievable. And I know we're supposed to be believing in the impossible. In this episode, they mentioned it so many times, but I felt like it was just way too fast. If I had any sort of nitpick about this episode, it would be how this was resolved. Like, I don't care that uh, Cobalt Blue sucked up the life source of, of everybody. Like, I don't care that he, like, dove deep into the negative speed force and was sucking up all that to become ever more powerful and that sort of thing. This this talk no jitsu moment just seemed incredibly unbelievable, because it just happened so fast. Like, they didn't even give it, like, a a cliffhanger between the commercials, where Barry says something, and then we're left to sort of, like, wonder, is he going to accept? And we have to sit through, like, five or six or seven commercials, and then we see, oh, he actually processed all that during the commercials, and... Decided yes, it it just seemed way too fast for me, and
2: I know this is a show about the fastest man alive, but it just seemed way too fast. No, I agree with you. I think, uh, and I think you've got a good idea there that if they had done a commercial break, because any amount of time and any amount of you know beating the hell out of Barry could have been happening during the commercial break. Um, I think I accepted it because it did feed into that thought that I had in the previous episode. Well, Eddie's a hero, so you know I can see him having the hero turn. And, uh, and repudiate. I don't disagree Eddie's with that. Force. And, and also the fact is, you know, he, he gets to, you know, be his own man with super speed. So, you know, and you're alive again. So kind of a good deal all around for Eddie. Barry ends up back at the hospital just in time for Iris to give birth. Of course he did. Team Flash confirms the timelines are back to normal. Mark figures out that Chester is unscathed because he has Hawking radiation in his cells. Chester has black hole powers as a holdover from when he was merged with the black hole. He's the chunk thus giving Chester his comics-accurate name. Uh, and somewhere, you know, comics uh, comic nerds were going squee. Uh, and as Jeff pointed out, uh, which is something that I'd never thought about before, is the reason that Allegra called Chuck, Chuck. Was that just a little nod and a wink that, you know, Chester P. Runk in the comics uh, was the, uh, the sometimes villain, sometimes friend, Chuck? We'll have a moment to discuss that. Uh, everyone heads to the hospital, including Nora, as they wait for the birth. Uh, Keon is approached by Harrison Wells. Timeless Wells, a good version of Wells. It's getting confusing here. It got really confusing when I was trying to keep all the Noras straight that's going to come up. But he's there to tell her to ascend and become the protector of all things. She says she's sad about having to say goodbye to her family, but Timeless Wells tells her it's about carrying a piece of the ones you love whenever and wherever you go. Now, I knew Tom Kavanaugh was coming back as a reverse Flash. I was surprised to see Timeless Wells show up, and I was happy because Tom Kavanaugh spent as much time on the show as a good guy as a bad guy, so I thought it was kind of nice having him in this form. Plus, he got to hang out with the gang in the final scene. Um, Dimitri, the baby has not yet been born. Any thoughts on this scene? And the whole chunk reveal, if you, and you can weigh in on uh, you know, Jeff's idea that uh, Chuck and Chunk might have been a little uh, you know, subtle reference.
0: Yeah, I I actually did not recognize the the reference. I was unfamiliar with the character until the way he kept saying it, I was like, Oh, this has gotta be a comic book reference and so I looked into it after the fact. But um, you know, honestly, it was I agree with you, it was nice to see, you know, good Wells and in my opinion, my favorite of the, you know, good Wells on the show, I just, it seems strange that he was kind of like, oh, it's time for you to ascend, like this all-powerful Merlin-type figure. You know, I kind of wish he would have just been there. Maybe Jesse Quick would have also been there. Maybe Wally would have been there, you know, just just to see Iris deliver Nora. Uh, I thought, you know, Keon could have been like, it's my time to ascend without... That being his message, it, it just seems strange to me that he was the one to tell her that.
2: Yeah, I think you're right that Keown and Keon has obviously sensed that in the past. Again, I think the reason for doing this is just to give that fan service moment of, hey, is Tom Cavanaugh in in his good guy in one of his good guy forms. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that I think she probably could have figured out on her own if she can do everything else she did uh, in this episode. I'm sure you're she right. could have figured that out. Uh, Iris gives birth, and baby Nora has arrived, and Jeff and I look like fools for confidently, confidently, some would say arrogantly, predicting something different would happen. Mm-hmm. At Star, Keon says her goodbyes before shedding her mortal body in a stream of elements. Left in her place is Caitlyn, alive and well. Bit of a surprise for me, but, you know, again, it's fan service. You want the whole gang back together. Uh, when Kion no longer needed a mortal body, she left it behind, restoring Caitlyn to life. bit convenient, but hey, as with Timeless Wells, it's nice that Danielle Panabaker could be in the final scene. Right, Jeff?
1: Yes. Let me just say this. When Caitlin returned, she should have bitch-slapped all of those motherfuckers. And she should have been like, y'all didn't mourn me. Because that's how I feel. (laughs) I'm glad she's back. I wonder if she knew. Probably not. Probably not. I'm glad she's back. Because, as I said, when she unceremoniously died, nobody mourned her, we had an entire episode where we talked about everyone waxing poetically about Frost, and when she died, I get it, it's 13 episode season, but when she died, like, it was like nothing, like, not even, oh, you know, I miss my friend or nothing like it, it was like now they're like oh we missed you and we're so glad like what like no 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 no. and if y- she's inhabiting the body and she like seems to be like knowledgeable about a lot of stuff that was going down with the kiyona of it all like i would have been pissed i would have been glad to have been back in my body but i would have been like you damn people forgot about me Like, I'm just saying, like, yeah, if we're going to go into the whole Eddie feeling like, y'all forgot about me, then frickin' uh, Caitlyn should have been like, y'all forgot about me. Now, as far as the twist that never did twist, I am kind of disappointed that they didn't do, like, a wrinkle and timey whininess. Like, because, you know, things, whatever, whatever, she would have had twins. Like, I think that would have been... Wonderful, because it it would have fed into something that we've seen with the show, that yes, they seem to know the future, but it doesn't always happen how they think or how they have found out things happen in the future. And that would have been just a nice little wrinkle. I think they could have played with some of the comedy of that, like, you know, um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but they could have played with the comedy of that and the party that ends up happening. Um, or even like in, in the birthing scene. But um, yeah, yeah, I wish, except I wish that that they adult been
2: Nora would have vanished from existence, which isn't sort of high note you want to end no, on. No, because she would have been the same one. She just would have had a brother. That's not how genetics works. One sperm and one egg have to meet. If you don't have sex at the same time, if, you don't, if it's not the exact same process, if she was conceived even a minute later, she'd be a completely different person.
0: They'd be a completely different person.
1: Well, she could have disappeared, but then she would have poofed there as the other
0: one. Because total scientific accuracy, well, there is the whole always part, the concern that part, of yeah. CW.
1: It is. We've talked about it.
0: That's why if you run really fast, you get a lightning sword to slash people with. Well, that's just common sense. Yeah. Isn't that how Luke Skywalker did it? No, he runs normal speed. Slow at times.
2: Uh Dimitri how happy were you that uh that uh, Caitlin came back to life not with uh with any sense that uh that Frost is in tow I'm sure you were happy about that
0: I was I wish they did this 3 seasons ago um <laughs> the uh obviously the the biggest letdown of that moment was that she was not able to be reunited with her true love Cisco I really Lord. thought Carlos Valdez would make an appearance what One horrifying thought I had was that when we briefly thought Chester was going to die, I was like, oh, for the final battle, is Cisco going to come in and take over comms? Which would have been weird. It would have been a a weird sort of, oh, Chester is replaceable kind of moment. But for a second, I was scared that was what they were going to do. But I was sure we were going to see Cisco at some point. You know, just just for a, a scene. But uh, but sadly, no. Um, which was a shame. It would have been nice to see, you know, we have Wells, we have, you know, um, Caitlin. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to see Cisco as well, just, you know, so Barry could get back to his, like, OG, you know, starting crew. Uh, but, you know, I guess Carlos Valdez is busy, maybe he has another project. Uh, he did. He was uh, shooting a, a musical for Hulu,
2: um, gotcha. uh, and, and yeah, I've seen an, an interview with him in which he said, you know, it it, it just didn't work out, um, but that was an interesting point. didn't? Weren't we told there was going to be like some astonishing mm-hmm. super secret reveal
1: that the paparazzis, they haven't taken a picture of? Danielle uh, – I'm not Danielle. Uh, well, yeah, Danny Nicolette. She uh, was like, oh my god, it's so good. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm I'm trying to think of like people that showed up that we would have been shocked by, and maybe she's we,
0: referring to Caitlyn.
1: But she's a she cast member. How would that is, be shocking that the paparazzi would not have snapped? They would have snapped photos of Danielle Panabaker on the sets. Like, it it was just it was weird hype that I
2: did not understand. Yeah, just there was no – I mean, all. you know, and, and, you know, but we talked at the beginning of the season, and I said, you know, I, I would really like to have seen, uh, you know, Melissa um, uh mm-hmm. coming back, uh, you know, for an episode. And, and you know, you said, uh, you know, uh, Cisco, and, and then I just mean, well, yeah, obviously, to the point where it's like, well, it's so obvious Cisco Yeah, back. I'm Why still – Why would we even discuss it? I'm but shocked. Yeah, it, yeah just uh, – and again, might have been, you know, uh, you know uh, misleading of the press, but um, – uh, anyway, so, Wait, can I just... Uh, I can. just want to give my, just two cents. I'm still shocked, because we had this whole conversation
1: last week, Professor, and you brought up the Entertainment Weekly interview, and I was like, I feel like it's bullshit. Like, it's just to cover up the surprise, because, you know, you're not going to ruin the surprise a week before the finale. And I left this episode still genuinely gobsmacked that they were not able to do anything, especially because earlier this year... He was like, he being Carlos Valdez, was like, oh, you know, it wouldn't feel right if I'm not there. And they didn't, I mean, he could have been over Zoom. Well, (laughs) Zoom, because there was Zoom in the episode. But he could have been over Zoom. He could have been over Skype. They could have done, like, a, a voiceover thing, like, on the telephone, like they did with Victor Garber a couple of episodes ago. I'm just genuinely shocked. No one's that busy, like, no one is that busy that you can't sit down somewhere with a green screen behind you and record something for, like, 90 seconds or less. Like, I was just genuinely shocked that they could not find a way at all to bring him into it. And I'm not even the biggest Cisco fan. This is known on the podcast. I found his final episode underwhelming. He landed a blimp. um. So, you know, but it would have been nice to have seen him there because he's an OG. And it's just genuinely... Shocking that listen, we're on the outside looking in. We don't know what they tried to do, but from the outside looking in, it looks like no one really went above and beyond to like try
2: to make it happen. But maybe they did and it just didn't work out. I mean the end of Supergirl even got Callista Flockhart back and Right. She and she was everyone, clearly on so, green screen yeah. in California. But it didn't matter because she was there as part of the episode. Anyway. True. One week later, it's a party at Barry and Iris's home for little Nora and adult Nora also there. So is Timeless. Wells, so is the whole gang. I'm not going to list everyone. Uh, Nora, adult Nora, tells her parents things will, were, will be uh, timey will be even crazier before Bard is born. So that's something for them to look forward to. Uh, Joe gives a speech acknowledging Iris's achievements as well as Cecile's, and then proposes to Cecile. She says yes. You know what? I'd honestly forgotten those two were living in sin. Ah, uh, were you surprised by the proposal?
0: I was for for two reasons. One, I thought they were married already. Two, I honestly like, you know, I was always thought like, you know, it, it's rude to like propose at somebody's wedding. It felt a little weird that this is like Iris's kind of post baby shower, not baby shower. It's baby. not a wedding baby celebration it it, kind of stole thunder from the occasion a little bit um but mainly i you know i thought they were married already so i was like where's joe going with this then obviously Singh is carrying the ring um and you know we all see where it's going but it was kind of like huh um when cecile says finally i'm like yeah no i agree i i thought he did it already um, uh, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, I guess they wanted to end with as much cuteness as possible. And, you know, Jesse Martin, Danny Nicolette, they make a cute couple.
2: Well, and also, let's face it, there is precedent in the Arrowverse for, uh, stealing thunder at someone else's, uh, big event.
0: Yeah, but he's
2: dead now. Um, oh, well. uh, Later, Barry goes to deal with a fussy baby Nora. He takes, tells her to believe in the impossible. Turns out Barry's voice over at the start of the episode was him talking to baby Nora and telling her the story. He tells her that their family's been blessed with amazing gifts and that maybe they should share them. Uh, We see him casting out his lightning to gift superpowers to Avery Ho, Max Mercury, and Jesse Chambers, who are all speedsters in the comics but who have never, to the best of my knowledge, been mentioned in this series. No reason was given as to why they were chosen, how they were chosen, how their powers will be used. It was just thrown in again. Fan service is like, this was mentioned in a comic. Happy now, fanboys. Barry then tells Nora that by sharing a piece of themselves, maybe they can create a better world where everyone coexists and nothing is impossible as long as we believe. Jeff, what did you think of the resolution? Thank you for paying attention
1: to this television show that you moderate because we met Avery Ho last season. Did we? Yes. Bart has a crush on her. Really? I don't remember. I didn't
2: recognize her at all. Yes. So she's the only one that's recognizable. The other two were random people. Um, no, maybe it was because I, I, I was uh, so convinced I'd never seen the other two that I just uh, lumped her in with it. But uh, no, okay. I didn't recognize her at all. Yeah, we saw her
1: last season. Yeah, a couple times. Uh, and there was that whole episode where Bart and Nora ran into her, and, and I think she spills coffee. And Okay, uh, all right. I actually enjoyed the end. Whether we want to call it, the, the the voiceover we heard at the beginning was him speaking to Nora, whether it was just a callback to the very first episode, and then this at the end was also a callback to the very first episode. However you want to call it, I enjoy a callback. So I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, moment. It, it was it really well done. The voiceover work was really good. I'm um, much rather enjoy this than what they are sort of like the fan theory was online about Barry sacrificing himself and being the lightning bolts. I like that. He is spreading the lightning bolt. I don't really know how that works. Does that mean he has less power now because he has power to other people? I don't really know what that means, but it was kind of nice. And, and I'm also, let's be real. I mean, it was nice to see a diverse group of future speedsters out there. What, does that mean, does it mean Barry's going to train them? You know, this is stuff that we can sort of fanfic in our minds and do headcanon about it. But it was a really neat way to show us that anything can happen, that anything is possible, even the impossible. I do feel like maybe this is one of those things that sort of changes the future again, because I don't feel like... I feel like we've never heard of these people in the future, per se, you know, when we have, well, like, perhaps more perhaps they um... die <laughs> when they're hit by lightning, like <laughs> everyone would. Okay. Well, there is that. But Barry's lightning is special. Um, so, like, we haven't heard about them, like, from, like, the future people that we've seen. So could this be a little, you know, taste of what we've seen in the past, as I said, you know, with if they would have had twins and that sort of thing, where you know they can sort of shape the future in a different kind of way. I don't know, but it was really nice, and I loved the little purple lightning that was in Baby Nora's eyes as well. We sort of that was glossed, cute. Yeah, we sort of glossed over this, but I loved Joe's song. Um, hearing Jesse L. Martin sing it was fantastic. I know a lot of people know him from Law and Order, but I first saw Jesse L. Martin in a show called... Allie
2: McBeal, and
1: he sang on that as well, so...
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, when when mm-hmm. I hear Jesse L. Martin sing, I want him belting it out. I don't want him singing Soto Voce to a little kid. I want him belting out the standards, because he's got a tremendous voice. Yes. And I don't think you could appreciate
0: it as much when you're just sort of singing in a little
2: voice to a little baby. Uh, anyone can
0: do that. Well, Jesse supposedly L. Um, the song that he sang was actually a song that he had written for one of the producer's children. Yes. Uh, so just to make that moment infinitely cuter as if it was not, you know, adorable enough already, I thought I'd throw that little factoid in.
1: No, you're right. He, um, he actually, he had tailored the song specifically to that child. And so what he did was he altered a couple of the words to make it make sense for the show and for clearly, you know, Joe singing it to his granddaughter.
2: Uh, Dimitri, how'd you like the way things wrap up? This is the end of the series, The end of the episode, how would you like it? I thought it was unnecessary fan service, although I did like the fact that we found out that the the opening was him
0: talking to Nora. Well, so that's what I was saying. I wish that, like, his talk to Nora had exactly matched the opening because he deviates from it slightly, which makes it much more believable, but it would have been nice if it had sort of come full circle that way. Um, I... I'm with you. I did not like the creation of new speedsters simply because, you know, it leaves us with more questions than resolution because it's like, does he still have powers? Has he given up his powers? What, you know, how did he choose these people? Um, you know, do they just suddenly have powers now? Or is he going to, like, train them somehow? It. I, I feel like, you know, he could have just, you know, lay down in bed next to Iris, you know, cradling Nora and, you know, we all would have been happy. I I feel like the uh the fan service was a little unnecessary there. Um, you know, maybe if there was talk of a of a, you know, follow up Flash series like Flash Generation Two or something, like uh then I could understand them sort of shoehorning it in. But I think, you know, it's been said all around that this is the end of the Arrowverse. So it seemed, you know, it it just took up unnecessary time. I was terrified for like a good second as he was
2: running out there to do whatever it is he was going to do, that he was going to pull a, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and give everyone the power. And I just thought, because there is actually a comic book uh, series Uh, you know, in the flash where that happens, where everyone in central city gets flash powers and it's, you know, as you would guess pandemonium. Um, So I guess I should just be happy that we only got the three before we move on to the MVP section. This is the end of the era. It's not just the end of the flash, the TV show. It's the end of the Arrowverse. this, as I said, back in our first episode uh, of this season, this bizarre moment in television history where genre television essentially took over a broadcast network for many nights of the week um you know someone has you know if, if you were to count up the hours you know there's nothing that really compares to the arrowverse in terms of you know over the 10 years uh that it's existed how much air time it has filled the sequential story the the interlaced net, ne- network of it uh you know the only thing that would compare to it is not the marvel cinematic universe but probably the marvel comics itself maybe star trek is starting to move towards that um and and in, in the years to come i'm sure star trek will pass it but The show that started it all, as I said in that first episode, because if Flash had stumbled, running joke intentional, we would have had no Arrowverse. They would have said, this is a terrible idea, let's just go back to the guy uh, who's brooding and growling at people and filling them full of arrows, and let's not try to make things light. Let's not try to be things fun. Let's not try to introduce superpowers. Flash made all of that possible, which means Flash really made the Arrowverse possible. So, let's take a look back first. The showrunner consistently said Eric Wallace, uh, you know, uh, shout out to him. I think he's he's done some good work um, and, you know, some some good things and some bad things. But he said he wasn't trying to wrap up the Arrowverse with this season. But I'm going to ask both of you, how did you like how the Arrowverse wrapped up? We did get the return of Oliver Queen. We didn't, as we were talking about in this episode, get the return of some of the favorites that we would have liked to see. But we did see, you know, some sparks of the uh, the other Arrowverse shows. Uh, You know, John Diggle was there, Uh, you know, Oliver Queen was there, Um, uh, uh, Dreamer was there, so on and so forth. Uh, Batwoman was there in two forms. So there was some fan service to the larger Arrowverse. Uh, Sadly, no mention of Black Lightning. But anyway, how did you like how the Arrowverse got wrapped up? And what would you have liked to see in this final episode or maybe the final season that we didn't get? I'll start with you, Jeff. Let me start off with the positive, because I
1: do want to echo what you said, Professor. To quote Brittany, one of our former co-hosts here, as well as across the Arrowverse podcast that we have had on Poppy Chula Radio, what a time to be alive. Like, I don't think we will ever see anything like this again on a major network television. Uh, the major television network, I should say. Uh, you know, where one, two, three, four, five, six hours of television a season and it was like interconnected stories, it was genre television, in particular it was superhero genre television. We're never going to see that again. Like, you know, as as much as we talk about the highs and the lows, and, and as much as we can be a little bit persnickety about and nitpicky about things with the arrowverse. This was a a moment in time. And if you're a fan of the comic books or just, you know, the superhero genre period, this was a spectacular time to see this spectacle because it'll never happen again. I mean, and let's be real, it's never going to happen again because number 1, the two major uh, comic book publishers, I mean, they're owned their uh, their their uh, media is owned by two separate uh, companies, uh, Marvel by Disney, so they're not going to put their stuff on network television. It's going to be on their streaming service, and uh, DC with Warner Brothers, and they have their own streaming service as well. And and I I just can't see any other you know comic book staple out there that. Any network would even attempt to try to do something like this again. So this was, you know, this was a moment. This was an era. And this will be studied in the future. You know, somebody out there is going to write articles and, you know, they will continue to podcast about this because this is something that we will probably never see ever again on a broadcast television network. So kudos to them for doing it. Ten years, I mean, that's an amazing run. It really was. And I mean they even had another spinoff in sort of pre production that, that was officially cancelled or, you know, at least they announced that they was the Justice U one with Diggle was not going to uh, continue on. But um as far as this show and the Arrowverse as a whole, I have read Eric Wallace's interviews. There was one interview where he was like, Yeah, we're gonna do some stuff to, to call outs for the Arrowverse because I understand the gravity about it and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. As far as this being the end of the Arrowverse, I think it was a miss for me. Like, the standard bearer, the gold standard for an Arrowverse series ending for a final season, for me, will always be Arrow. The way that they handled that, the way that they included so many callbacks and full circle moments, and yes, that final season, we can... can you know, we can, we can fault it for being a season that really was to set up a crossover. But what they did in <laughs> setting up that crossover and giving so many full circle moments, so many callbacks, so many guest stars from the past, it all worked. I wish that they would have done something similar to that in this season as opposed to saving that for the final four episodes. I'll say this. As mixed bag as th- these final four episodes have been... If they would have expanded upon it, had we gotten teases of Cobalt Blue from the start of this season, maybe at at the end, you know, in like the the quote-unquote post-credits scenes, I think that would have been interesting. What I would have preferred as far as how they incorporated the other Arrowverse properties, I wish that we would have seen Adventures Through Time or or something like that, or, 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 or villains of the week, or you know, Batwoman needs help with this, you know, let's go to Gotham, like, I wish we would have seen that kind of stuff versus, like, the Red Death situation, and then all of, like, the interlude stuff in the middle, and then finally we have a, a final arc. Like, I wish we would have gotten, you know, an episode with, like, the Legends, an episode with Batwoman, an episode with uh, the Pierce family from Black Lightning, um, maybe an episode if they wanted to wrap up, you know, Dreamer, you know, if we would have had everything else, I would have been fine with that Dreamer episode as well. Um, so that's that would have been my preference. Um, you know, the Pierces from Black Lightning are in town because Lynn is going to be getting an award, and then all of a sudden there's a meta of the week, and Black Lightning, and, and maybe even Thunder, or whomever else, you know, they end up teaming up to help Team Flash take them down. The Legends, they get saved by the Flash in, in the time prison that they were in, but maybe that's at the start of the episode, and then there's like a whole bunch of like Legends-y shenanigans that would have happened for the, for the rest of the episode. I don't know, like, there's so many shoulda, coulda would haves for me just because Arrow's final season was so good that I wish this final season for the flash would have been so good. And uh, yeah, that's the only thing that I could nitpick about it. I just wish that it would have felt much more like, the Arrowverse's ending, I, as a showrunner, understand that responsibility, because we can tell Eric Wallace is a fanboy. If you've ever read any of his interviews, he's a fan of The Flash. I just wish he would have been a fan of the entire Arrowverse, and he would have shown a little bit more respect.
2: Yeah, the, um, he, uh, uh well, I was going to ask about a possible season 10, but, you know, part of yeah. it is they only had the 13 episodes, so even if they did want to do more Arrowverse service, you know, he had started that he wanted to tell about uh, West Allen and the rest of the team. Dimitri, uh, you know, what would you like to have seen, uh, you know in this final episode or this final season uh, to to you know uh, ring down the curtain on the Aeroverse?
0: Yeah, I would have liked to have seen, you know, a lot of it is just more people. I would have loved to see the Pierce family. Uh, a lot of people were kind of uh, clamoring for Anissa and Iris to become friends. I would have loved yeah. to see that. I would have loved to see, you know, um, Supergirl back, Uh, you know, I thought the the farewell to Oliver was nice. It would have been nice if, you know, when Iris gives birth or even, you know, later at the house party, there's just, you know, the full Arrowverse kind of there, you know, sort of like uh, Diggle, uh, Diggle, you know, Jefferson Pierce, uh, you know, supergirls there the legends are there everyone's just like hey you know you're here like uh, that that would have been that would have been a nice sort of just okay we recognize this is the end of the arrowverse you know let's let's put a let's put a bow on it kind of moment um so yeah i think that was a little disappointing i also feel that you know this storyline was an interesting one, and I feel like some storylines, Cicada, uh, were, you know, sort of stretched too far, Uh, but uh, I felt like they could have had some really interesting conversations about, you know, Eddie being brought back to life, and then suddenly understandably resentful of Barry, and, you know, uh, Barry having to reckon with, you know, uh, maybe... Some feelings of of guilt over Eddie's sacrifice or, you know, not knowing how to handle Eddie's resentment, Um, you know, shows like This Is Us have have handled this sort of issue really well. Um, So, you know, it it did seem like this was a great issue and a great way to sort of end the season, given that, you know, references something at the at the end of the first season but uh, but I did feel like even this storyline, this big bad, was kind of rushed. Um, and, and, you know, I want to be fair here. It's really hard to get actors into a room once you've let them go. And, you know, all the shows that we're talking about missing, those actors have been let go and, and have to find new ways to pay the bills. And, you know, um, it's probably pretty hard to get them back for... For one episode, but, you know, we did have Crisis on Infinite Earths where we got so many people back to the CW just for little tidbit appearances, right? I feel like a little more of an effort could have been made to get at least a few more people in the room um, so that we could say goodbye. It could even be like, hey, you know, we're, we're getting a call on Zoom and, you know, all the actors just sort of... Uh, say hey really quickly, you know, on their TV or something. It I just it is definitely the end of an era and throw as much shit as we want. We all enjoyed this era, as evidenced by the fact that we've been doing this podcast for so long now. Um and it did feel like it, it could have the, the era as a whole, not just the show the flash, but the era as a whole, the Arrowverse verse as a whole. Could have had more of a send-off um, in, in recognition of how long fans have spent watching this. How many people have, you know, loved it enough that it's kept going all these years? I just, I would have liked to see a crossover-level goodbye for, you know, the end of
2: this entire universe. I was just thinking, I would have loved to see Jordan Fisher and Jesse L. Martin singing a duet. Yeah. Remember back in the crazy days when they would, like, do a musical episode or they would cross over into an alternate Earth and, uh, and and Joe was a lounge singer? And they sort of, like, you know, I wouldn't say leaned into the crazy uh, because that's really more of a, uh, of a Legends thing. But, you know, they were a little more creative in their storytelling. It seems like, you know, uh, like in terms of, like, just you know, throwing out everything and doing something that's completely, uh, you know, uh, off the map. It, it seems like, you know, they were so in lockstep to telling this story. And, again, they only had 13 episodes to do it but i do think that uh that flash sort of became a bit ossified um uh, in terms of uh of of how they did that now they did break away from that you know there were several episodes the Dreamer episodes and we talked about you know some of the satisfying episodes this season were episodes that didn't seem to have much to do with the overall arc uh of the season just felt, you know more of that would have been nice and, and of course obviously you know justice for the legends you know and as as i said you know all we needed was bury you know whoosh into scene and uh and, and Iris says, where were you, hon? And he says, oh, just, you know, rescuing those knuckleheads of legends. How they send mm-hmm. their love. That's all you needed, you know? Uh, so uh, it's, uh, you know, it, but, you know, again, only 13 episodes, and, and, you know, Eric Wallace did have a lot he wanted to do. As I said, most of what I saw that he was talking about wanting to do was stuff that didn't particularly interest me. You know, the Blackest Night storyline, which is, you know, cross Green Lanterns with zombies. Um, not interested. Although one thing that he said that actually – at first, I looked at that. I wouldn't look like that. But uh, he said, uh, you know, it, it's sort of like his head headcanon that uh, Tom Felton's character ended up marrying Patty Spivitt, Barry's uh, girlfriend from season one or season two. Uh, and they were like a, a, a crime fighting mystery hunting duo now. Uh, and he wanted to bring them back for that in season 10, which I, I would have been up for that. I would have been curious about seeing that. Which sounds uh, like what no, would, he would have um, done no. with Elongated Man and Sue Dearborn. Something like that. Oh, yeah, where was hopefully. Sue? Hey, yeah, good point. No Sue. Probably Dimitri's uh, angry tweets uh, got to them. Yeah. Now, I don't want to rank seasons, mainly because I don't remember what happened in each season. Nine years is a long time and a lot of television under the bridge. But do you have any favorite or least favorite storylines? You know what? Let's just take the, the forces off the table. I think we can all agree let's never speak of it again. Force is not a four-letter word, but hey. Uh, Dimitri. Uh, Any favorite or least favorite storylines?
0: I would have to say my... Honestly, I feel like season one was my favorite. Um, I feel like one of the unfortunate choices of this show is Barry loses his happy-go-luckiness very quickly, and it, it seemed like they were very eager to borrow, you know, the broodiness from Arrow, um and have Barry like weighed down by the guilt of his decisions and whatnot um but you know sort of like q t derpy funny Barry, who doesn 't really know what he can do and is sort of figuring out as he goes and has to confront his childhood bully and stuff, that was a lot of fun um and uh and you know Cisco was was you know a great sort of you know guide through that uh through that transition for him there was some tension that eventually transformed into friendship between him and caitlyn snow um and you know season one Wells Thawne, i don't think there was really a better villain um which is kind of why we keep seeing him right like he was just peak from his introduction in episode one he's just so menacing so you know so two-faced uh that I really think the show peaked early like peaked at the start and you know stayed fun for a few seasons and then sort of got a little bit you know more and more out of this world but uh you know it had a great start for for a show that was kind of born out of Arrow they really threw the mold away, and it's kind of a shame that they brought the mold back, seemingly uh, as the seasons went on.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I think you know, obviously, season one, you know, uh, for all the reasons that you know we talked about ad nauseum over nine years, you know, the the uh, the, the vibrancy, the the sense of enthusiasm and joy uh, that we got from that season, that you know, we didn't get. We got bursts of it and and little you know, uh, nuggets of it from time to time, but no, just, you know, um, reflecting what you said, um, you know, uh, when Harrison Wells first got up out of his wheelchair and all of us watching went, Oh my God, he's the bad guy. Um, I thought that was just a great reveal and you know, classic letting the audience see it, but the characters don't know. Um, I think that was a very well done situation of, uh, of doing that. And I really liked that, uh, that sort of storytelling um and you know tom Kavanaugh did a great job of playing it uh, i think uh um yeah but i think there is a reason why he is still up there uh uh as as the top villain it has nothing to do with you know him becoming the reverse flash and glowing red eyes and anything like that it's just man the the level of menace and also you know the um You know, the the, the strange level of the fact that, you know, he was actually starting to feel an affection towards Barry and an affection towards Cisco, uh, despite everything he did. Let's not forget that after he disappeared, after the end of season one, he left Star Labs to Barry, uh, which is how Barry's been funding this whole thing. And and by the way, Barry's been nine freaking years. Fix up the exterior of Star Labs. For God's sakes. Uh, Jeff, favorite storyline or least favorite
1: storyline? Well, I will echo the season one stuff. I mean, I mean, season one was spectacular. All of the crossovers. I, I think all of the crossovers were really good. Um, some better than others, but they were all just incredibly fantastical and, and incredibly entertaining to watch. Uh, just thinking about the various villains and that sort of thing, because we, we do sort of like characterize the seasons based off of the villains, I want to give a little nod to season four with the thinker. I thought that was an interesting concept. I don't know if it needed an, an entire season, so I will give props to Eric Wallace for doing the graphic novel change when he became showrunner. But um, like I remember loving Marlee's. We got to meet some of our favorite recurring people, like, um, like our girl, uh, the, the unlucky girl, Becky Sharp. Uh, like, you know, like, we got to see some really neat stuff, and, and, and almost comedic stuff that season, before it took, like, a really dark turn, so that one was an interesting one, and I feel like nobody mentions that one, um, we also got to see Barry and Iris in therapy, and I keep on, have ta- talked about therapy with Barry and Iris before, uh, so I, I thought that was a really neat season, uh, as far as the lows i mean Dimitri sort of said it but i'll echo it a cicada was a low and uh, as interesting as it was and as fascinating as how like the, the visual effects team did things and even uh, you know we had a really good villainess for that arc the mirror storyline dragged way too long than it needed to and 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 that's no diss to you know the actors or or anything like that it just you know i have to blame the writers on that It, it just went on and on and on and then we had the covid break and they came back and it was still on the mirror thing if there's any negative that i'll give to eric wallace um, I'll just sort of say this as, as the the stinger for, for this moment of mine, is uh, the fact that he seems to be the type of person, when he has an idea and he writes a story, he likes to see it through. Um, and, and we saw that with the Mirror storyline because he could have tried to wrap that up in one episode, you know, because there was that long-ass hiatus. He could have done it, but he, it took him like three episodes to wrap it up. And he had all these ideas for, like, two seasons that he had to cram into one season. Had he just, like, started off, you know, clean slate and maybe incorporated some of that stuff but done something different, we might have had a better, more cohesive final season.
2: Okay, it's time for the last ever MVP pick. Most valuable player, state which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Dimitri, you couldn't be here to choose last week, so I'll let you choose this week. Who was your MVP of this final episode of The Flash?
0: And just to clarify, this is for the episode, right? For the episode, yeah. Yeah, got to give it to Cobalt Blue. Um, You know, I think part of what made season one great was this, you know, uh, what's the word? Not love interest, but, you know competitive love interest. like this rival uh barry's rival for for iris's heart um who was hard to hate he was you know a genuinely good guy you could genuinely see why iris liked him um and you know uh it's just sort of a unfortunate situation uh and obviously he and he and barry have their conflicts but but generally um it's uh it's uh you know this was a memorable character um which is why i think they were interested in bringing him back as as seasons went on um and i do think uh rick cosnet struck a great balance between a nod to that you know white knight character and you know him slowly becoming more and more unhinged And that was fun to see. That's why, you know, the whole time, uh, you know, for for the past two episodes, I was thinking, I could have watched more of you. I could have watched less of Cicada. I agree with Jeff. I could have watched less of the Mirrorverse. I could have watched more of this version of Cobalt Blue. But uh, but either way, uh, for the brief time that we had him, I think uh, Rick did an amazing job.
1: Jeff, who is your MVP? My MVP is going to go to Joe. Because unlike The Professor, I like the song.
2: And also... Yeah, you know, I was going to give it to him anyway. I mean, oh, okay. I know. All right. Because um, <laughs> unlike some people I could name, he came back for the series finale. Oh,
1: that is true. Ooh, Carlos Valdez. Siski, they coming for you. But yeah, Joe, I loved the song. I loved the tender moment that he had with Iris... Um, I've missed that. I mean, unfortunately, he was out, you know, filming another television show. So what can you do? I mean, he's got to make some money. And, um, yeah, it's it, it's just – it was unfortunate because he had such a huge presence over the series' run, over those eight seasons that he was a series regular, that he was incredibly missed this season. But the times that we got him, they were just fantastic. And, and it just reminded me of why I just adore – the joe character but the singing the moment with iris and then the proposal i like i remember earlier this season at some point many episodes ago i asked you know are they married are they not married and both of you were like yes they're married and i was like i don't think they're married and then we got the answer in this episode or at least we got the reminder no they're not married and you know dimitri might not have liked it at least you know didn't like that he feels that thunder was being stolen but you know Bears got lightning who cares Knock on wood, but but he did it, and it was a cute little moment. And even Cecile dropping the pillow, like it was adorable, and it was another great moment for Joe. So uh, I'm gonna give it to Joe.
2: Uh, I'm gonna give it to XS. I've always been more fond of uh, of Jessica than I think uh, you guys are. I know than than uh, than Dimitri often is. I think she's been great. She's been less derpy uh than she was when she was first introduced uh we also haven't gotten nearly as much of her as we got in the past so i think in small doses she was quite good i think the fact that she's obviously heard tales about how savatar tried to kill her mom and so she was prepared for that and was able to turn it around on him and as jeff points out on some freudian level she was killing a version of her dad so You know, congratulations on therapy. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, she, she, was, she was she was great. The fact that she did stick around for her own birth, even if it would have, you know, problems with the timeline. The fact that she brought her own merch. So basically, baby Nora is wearing her own merch from the future, which is a baller move. Uh, also, this just occurs to me that, uh, that the onesie she brought back was an XS, extra small. But thank God this is coming to an end. I can't believe I did that. Anyway. So, yes, I'm giving it for the one last time to Jessica Parker Kennedy, who I've always uh, you know, found charming. And, come on, let's face it, she's Canadian. Now, how would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? Just the episode, not the season. Point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Jeff, how would you rate the episode? I'm going to get
1: grief, but you know what? I don't care. This was not the best episode. It was... You know, I would say as a season finale, it was good. As a series finale, it was decent. As the end of the Arrowverse, it was lacking. But, I mean, it is the end of an era. And there were a lot of moments that I truly did enjoy. There were a lot of moments that I truly did nitpick. There were a lot of questionable decisions and moments in which my mind was like, I don't know how this is possible But I got to give props to the actors. Like, I enjoy these characters, and I feel like everybody was in it to win it. So for historical reasons, I will archive this. In reality, it's probably like an eight and a half, but I'm going to go on record by archiving it.
2: Dimitri. Will you stand up against uh, the peer pressure from Jeff, arguing that we should grade this one differently just because it happens to be the last episode?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't say all that, but I'm glad you interpreted that way.
0: I I, I kind of... So I agree and disagree. I agree that it should be archived just because, you know, it's, it's the end of an era. If it wasn't the end of an era, I wouldn't give it an 8. I'd give it a 7. Um... Just because I do think, you know, if if we're gonna rate it in the context of being the ending of the universe, I think we should also, you know, count the the disappointments that we have about it being the end of the universe, and so so many characters missing, um, you know, the the weird, you know, speedsters shoehorned in at the end, uh, you know, that I think takes some points off for me. Uh, so. I think as an episode, I'd give it a seven, Um, but as the ending, you know, um, it it belongs in the archive. What can I say? I love that I've set a trend.
2: I'm a trendsetter. Well, the trend ends now. This does not belong in, you know, don't archive it just because it happened to fall in a certain part. You know, archive it if it was well written. It really wasn't. Uh, The acting was perfectly fine, but uh, yeah, this fell down trying to accomplish too much too much hand-waving, uh, too much, you know, it was senioritis, you know, basically, you know, uh, we're getting out of school, it doesn't really matter if we, uh, if, you know, uh, we're just, just finishing this up, because, you know, there, there's going to be no accountability for that, we're never going to have to explain this in a future episode, there was so much hand-waving stuff uh, going on in the episode, and I get it, you're, you're rushing uh, to to get to the end, there was stuff that I liked, uh, you know, uh, ultimately, I did like the fact that, uh, that they didn't swerve us, Uh, And that Nora was born just fine and it was Nora and, you know, Jessica Parker Kennedy didn't disappear or appear with a different hair color and, you know, spouting an Australian accent or something like that. Uh, But ultimately, I just didn't find this particularly great. It wasn't a bad episode. Uh, I just didn't think it was all that great. I mean, I I would expect more from the final episode. And, And so unlike you guys who are archiving it just because it's the last episode, I would have expected better from the last episode. I would expect, you know, them to really try their best to produce a really good episode of TV for the last episode. Didn't feel they did that here. It just, uh, yeah, seven and a half for me. Now, it's time to grade the entire season. Uh, Now, grading, we're going with A, B, C, D, or F. You are allowed pluses and minuses. I know it's tough to cast your mind back. It's only 13 episodes. Man, it just seems like longer, doesn't it? Um, It always seems that way at the end of the season, even a shorter season, but we did have a couple of gaps uh, this time. But uh, basically... Uh, You know, this has been the the last season of The Flash. Uh, Certainly not the worst episode, but you know what? Tip my hand slightly. Certainly not the best either. You know what? I'll go first simply because uh, you guys have gone first uh, for the previous two rounds. You know, there was a lot that I liked uh, in the season, Um, and, you know, I liked about half of the final four-part arc. Uh, you know, it's just, it did kind of, it, you know, failed to stick the landing as far as I'm concerned, but still a lot of stuff that I enjoyed, uh, you know, some, some great returns, uh, that, uh, you know, seeing old faces, I think they did, you know, a halfway decent job of wrapping up the Arrowverse, even though that wasn't their job. Um, so overall, I'm going to give it a B plus rewatchable. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you've got, you know, a rainy weekend and you got nothing better to do, you could throw in this season, the flash, uh, you know, and knock it off in a weekend. Are you going to feel the urge to do so? Maybe not, but, you know, it, it would probably stand up to a second viewing. Jeff, how would you rate the uh, – sorry, not rate, but grade the season?
1: Are you sure you want me to go before Dimitri? Because I feel like we're going to end this on a dark note if we end it with Dimitri. I think uh, I'm going to grade know, it higher is what I'm trying to say. I don't doubt that, but go ahead. Okay. um, I'm I'm going I'm, to. I'm assuming I'm going to grade it higher than Dimitri. I, I feel like um, not to – go all that so raven on you, Dimitri. I feel like you're probably going to give it at the highest in the C territory. Um, So I will be higher than you, uh, but actually not as high as the professor, interestingly enough. Um, I'm going to give it a B-. And I, I really thought about this sort of long and hard after I watched the episode last night. And that's the grade that sort of came up in my mind, popped up, and it felt appropriate for me maybe some of the shoulda coulda woulda you know has infected my brain of like what i would have liked to have seen versus what we got but i mean if we're being fully honest as wonderful as it was to see javicia leslie again that first arc the red death was eh. and then all the middle stuff was interesting like we did get some really good character based stuff from some of our favorite characters on this show as well as from supergirl um and and then, like you said, Professor, half of this four part finale, which that's what the subtitle was for part four, half of it was good, and then the middle half was okay, and even now, after seeing part four and like looking back because this is you know this is one story told over four parts. You know I can I can see where maybe some stuff in the middle improved a little bit but still you know the middle wasn't as good as the beginning. Well, I mean let's be for real. I mean the first one I think was the best one. And the, the last one was better than the middle too but still. Yeah, B minus. I'm 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 trying to find an appropriate way to end this. So yeah, B minus for me. You know, it wasn't
2: a phenomenal season. It wasn't the worst. It, it, was, it was okay. Dimitri, how would you grade this season? Uh, Jeff has confidently predicted what you're going to do. Are you going to allow him to deprive you of your free will?
0: Yes. Oddly enough, I, I've been unfairly, unfairly profiled here because I was also aiming towards a B-. minus. Mm-hmm. Um, this season was the first season in a while where I was like, that episode was genuinely fun. That, you know, gave me vibes of season one, season two. So, um, you know, that hadn't happened in a while. Um, And I I do think there are a few episodes from this season that are worth, I think, as you say, Professor of Rainy Day rewatch. Whereas, you know, there's very little I would rewatch from, like, the Mirrorverse season or the Cicada season. Um, So... I, I do think, you know, um, it, it failed to stick the landing in terms of, you know, being the end of The Flash and sort of, you know, all the weight of that. But it had, like, some, some pretty good moments, um, including, I think, this conceptualization of uh, Cobalt Blue was, was interesting. I mean, it's different from the comics, uh, but it was, you know, an interesting twist. That had a lot of weight for this show. So um, you know, I I had a, a few good moments this season, and I I enjoyed it. So uh, you know, a lot of problems. I think you guys outlined those very well, but B minus.
2: It's almost time to say goodbye after nine years. So, do either of you have anything else you want to discuss before we put the flash to bed?
0: Final thoughts. I mean, whew, this really is the end of an era, and you know. I gotta give props to this show because however much hate we throw at it sometimes, you know, this has been on for nine years. Ten years actually, given the given the COVID break. The Arrowverse is, you know, even older than that. Keeping something on air this long, you know, took a lot of hard work from uh from a lot of talented people and you know, props to everybody who was involved in this show, uh, whether we whether we liked, you know, some of the storylines or not, whether we liked some of the characters or not, you know, it took a village to bring this to fruition. I'm going to give a special shout out to Candace Patton. I think, you know, um, her casting made a lot of waves, uh, angered a lot of racist fanboys in terms of, you know, Iris West being reimagined as a black woman, but, uh, But I think, you know, she she rose above all that with grace. And, you know, given the amount of vitriol that was thrown her way, which is absolutely horrible, um, being there from episode one, season one, all the way to the series finale took guts and took dedication. And we're seeing, you know, that ripple effect beyond the show now, where even the Flash movie is going to have Iris West being played by a black woman. So, you know, this, you know, this fun little show that, you know, we've been watching, you know, weeknights for a while, some some big things were tackled here. And, you know, it was it was fun to watch. It was fun to interact with. Uh and uh, and I'm glad, you know, it was a was a part of my life. Uh I think uh, you know, um it's uh it's been uh it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to interact with all the other fans, whether through the the podcast or, or Twitter, um, and uh, and I'm glad we you know some sort of community emerged from uh, from everything everything that was sort of thrown our way. Um, Jeff, what about you?
1: Well, I want to say first off, just to echo what you're saying, I want to say thank you to the CW, thank you to the Flash actors, to the writers, B- yeah. BTS. Yeah everyone involved with this series and in essence i also want to extend that thank you to the greater arrowverse so the arrowverse actors writers directors mm-hmm. bts vfx people costuming etc 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 anyone that was involved in this show the flash or in any of the other shows in this broader universe you know thank you because we would not be sitting here podcasting for many 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 years now if it wasn't for all of you i want to single out three flash actors not not that you know the rest um you know shouldn't get singled out but for me personally grant gustin as the flash as barry allen i didn't always agree with you as a character but i always agreed that grant gustin is barry allen he is such a phenomenal actor that we've seen grow Throughout these years, and I know that there's another actor out there, and I'm sure they might do a good job and that sort of thing, and there might be uh, many more actors after that, but hashtag# not my Flash. My Flash is Grant Gustin, and he has been phenomenal period. I'm going to echo what you said Dimitri, Candace Patton for everything that she's gone through from the cyberbullying mm-hmm. to the racism etc cetera, etc. Cetera, she has handled everything with such strength and grace. I have no idea how she does it. My hope is that she she is in therapy, you know, to deal with, you know, just the craziness that Good she had to Lord, deal with. Yes my hope um is that she has some way to vent someone to talk to uh hopefully a professional um just because she went through a lot and she handled it so well and she survived it and uh you know she was absolutely phenomenal as Iris West who soon became Iris West Allen. So she is another standout for me in the cast. And I gave him the MVP, but I'll give him extra kudos here. Jesse L. Martin just brought an incredible amount of gravitas as Papa Joe. Yeah, like I can't imagine anybody else as Papa Joe. And all of those Papa Joe talks were just amazing and, and moments that I looked forward to each episode because Joe mm-hmm. is just so good. Now, I also want to thank... Our previous co-hosts and moderators, not just here on the Flash, but uh, or, or the Central City Citizen, as I, as I should call it, but the rest of our Arrowverse podcasts as well. Whether you've been with us for, or whether you were with us for a couple months, a season, or several seasons, I want to thank everyone that was involved with either this podcast or the other podcast for the time and the effort that they put into shaping this podcast and uh and as well as living in their truth i mean you know it, it is difficult sometimes for people to you know state their opinion live their truth and stick with how they believe in in, in whatever it is you know whether it's a storyline or a character choice or anything like that so i'm incredibly thankful for everyone you know taking the time out watching said show week to week and then sitting at their computer or their phone or their tablet or whatever and spending about an hour every time that there's a new episode, to discuss their opinions about said episode. This series in particular has gone through a couple different iterations. We started off, I believe it's it was the Central City Report, because we were a spinoff of the Arrow podcast, or the Arrow show, which was the Star City Report. Then we started to come into our own identity because there were other spinoffs. So we moved into, I believe it was the Central City Chronicle, and then we finally decided to have the actual in-show name of the Central City Citizen. We had a couple different moderators in the beginning, we've had a variety of different co-hosts, and I'm incredibly thankful to everyone that was involved in the show, but especially our current Group, I want to thank you, Dmitri. You know, I appreciate oh. you standing in your truth. I appreciate your love hate relationship that you have with this series you've always strived and yearned for this series to be the best that it possibly could be, and I love that about you i also i mean i 'm not going to lie. I enjoyed um, seeing you getting consistently dragged on Twitter by the Batwoman writers. That was a highlight oh, of my life.
0: life. <laughs> because it was shout out to the Batwoman writers, man, they got
1: jokes. Man. Yes, they were just fantastic. I love how they interact with their fans, and and let's be real, a lot of the Arrowverse people did interact with their fans, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, a quick shout out to your paintings of Candace Patton, which I will never forget, and I got to give you mad respect, your unflinching love of Keiko. You know, I I love that you stood in your truth with that, including to the very end uh, on this very final podcast. I love it. I also want to give a shout out to you, Professor X. Um, I really am thankful to how you took the reign of this ship and you steered it in the direction that you did. I also can't forget your eerie predictions, like when you predicted that Laurel Lance would return on Arrow or that Caramel was dead over on Supergirl. Your Canadian sass will never be forgotten. Your love of Christine Sinclair. Your hatred of tidal waves and tanks. Um, tidal Waves on Supergirl, Tanks on Black Lightning, and uh, your unflinching love of James Olsen's suit on Supergirl as well, as well as your adoration, your, I would say, slightly creepy adoration of good women turning bad. I have to thank you so much for for being the moderator of this podcast for these past several seasons. And last but not least, the most important people that I'm thanking, to be quite honest. I want to thank you, the listeners, for... Listening to us week to week, whether you listen to us from the beginning, whether you listen to us recently, whether you're, by the magic of the internet, listening to us in the future, 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 I thank you for taking the time to download, subscribe, like, share, whatever you've done. I'm appreciative of you, because let's be for real, you have several options. You could be listening to anything, and the fact that you're listening to us either praise or bitch about this show or the rest of the Arrowverse, thank you for that. Your support has been incredible. We're all incredibly grateful to you, the listeners, and I know that I'm sounding a little bit like, you know, things are ending. We do have other podcasts, shameless plug. We do cover the Marvel stuff on Disney+. We will more than likely be covering the DCU stuff on the streaming service that's currently called Max, the home of HBO. If you're listening to this in the future, it probably has a different name. (laughs) <laughs> so wherever the DC stuff is we will probably be covering that as well. So stay tuned for that. You can always visit com to get the latest and the greatest.
0: and uh, thank you for having us, Jeff. It's it's been, you know, it's this great, you know, mammoth of of podcasts that you've you've built um under the Poppychulo umbrella and um, you know, I'm so I'm so thankful I got to be a part of it, you know. Um, any any sort of Arrowverse show that I watched didn't feel complete until until I discussed it with you guys uh, when we taped. So you know, it, it's really it's been a pleasure, man.
1: And it has been a pleasure having you as well these past couple of years. I mean, it's crazy to think that this this Arrowverse, you know, is is over. We've been doing this for 9 full years. Like we this is one of those very few shows, very few long-running shows where we have done every single season. And we did do all of the other Arrowverse shows. Um or yeah, all the all the official canon Arrowverse shows and I mean we do Superman and Lois, which is no longer Arrowverse but it's Arrowverse adjacent. So uh, the fact that all of them have ended. The Superman and Lois situation is still up in the air, but this series, The Flash, officially ends the Arrowverse. So it is, it's a huge hole that, you know, is now, that has been made, I should say. It's a huge hole that's been made in our podcasting network and schedule. So it's crazy to think how long we have been in total as a podcast been covering this series, so it's incredibly daunting, but, um, you know, just to go back to how both of us sort of started saying our farewells, thank you to everybody involved with uh, The Flash, as well as the other shows, Uh, I'll I'll name them, might as well, it's the last podcast, Um, it was Arrow, it was Legends of Tomorrow, it was Supergirl, it was Black Lightning, uh, it was Batwoman, uh, a little bit Superman and Lois for a moment, you know, thank you to everyone involved because, you know, once again, we would have had nothing to talk about, you know, we would not have been chatting about these series for all these years if it wasn't for the creatives
0: behind it. For sure, for sure. Um, and like you said, there may never be an ever like this in, you know, broadcast television again um you know i'm interested to see what comes out on streaming i do think there're going to be some amazing offerings there but this was a unique moment in, in television history um one that i think caught a lot of people by surprise um because it hadn't happened before and uh i don't think it'll happen on this scale again but i'm glad uh you know i'm glad we we got to see it and got to got to be entertained by it Got to be frustrated by it at times, but, you know, that's all part of the journey. I agree.
1: So I guess, you know, one final toast to the Arrowverse.
0: Farewell. Farewell, Central City. Um, I hope for great things for, you know, all the cast, crew, everybody involved. Um, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's next for all of them in the pipeline.
2: I'd sign that as well. On behalf of Jeff and Dimitri, uh, I would like to thank everyone for joining us these past 13 episodes and these past nine seasons. Here's our announcer one last time to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media.
1: We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe
2: thanks announcer my co-host for the final time, please wish the listeners a good night, Jeff for the final time good night central city.
1: Good night listeners, and remember to believe
0: in the impossible Dimitri good night listeners thank you to uh, to everyone who's uh, you know listened to the podcast. Thank you to Jeff for you know having me on uh, and the professor. Sometimes I enjoy talking to you um, and all the fans, you know, whether it's listening to the podcast, doing the podcast, uh, interacting with you guys on Twitter. It might, might seem like, a, you know, a silly, fun little show, but, uh, you know, some, some big things were tackled here. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad, uh, you know, so many of us fans were able to enjoy that together.
2: Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at the Central City Citizen, we wish you a final good night.